0: Are you tired of the same old ineffective ways of attracting buyers? It's time to tune into something revolutionary. Today, we're cranking up the volume with Christine Campbell Rappin. She's Rappin, and she's a maestro at the art of business growth. With a track record of helping over 400 companies create more than $1 billion, that's billion with a B, billion dollars in revenue. She's here to share her top secrets. We're diving into her three non-negotiables to attracting more buyers strategies that have been proven to be game changers in the world of entrepreneurship. She'll guide us through the essential steps to turn leads into loyal customers and increase your revenue without breaking the bang. Learn how to identify your ideal buyer, attract them and use low cost, low tech strategies to attract them and convert them into high paying clients. So grab a notepad and lean in and get ready for an interview that could change your trajectory, change the course of your business Let's make some noise and transform your approach into attracting buyers.
1: This episode of the lead machine growth show is brought to you by lead machine, the step by step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you struggling to get leads from your lead magnet? Are you tired of seeing low conversion rates and losing potential customers? It's time to revive your lead magnet and start attracting more leads. Download our free report. 10 deadly lead magnet mistakes that are costing you leads and learn how to create a high converting lead magnet that engages your audience and drives conversions. Don't let common mistakes hold you back any longer. Revive your lead magnet today and download your free report at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash deadly. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show where you will discover how to tackle your tech master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyan, the mastermind behind the lead machine, introduces you to trailblazers who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality.
0: Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show. I'm Paul Guyon, your host, Lead Machine Coach, and the founder of the Lead Machine Mastermind Group and Coaching Program. I'm dedicating to helping you tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. So if you're just starting out, or you're taking your business to the next level, let's get this conversation started and turn your dreams into reality. So today, my friend, Christine Campbell Rappin, uh, she's joining us from uh, Mountain Time in Canada today. And uh, we met at JV Connect just for a little bit, and we kind of hit it off. Each of us said, I think, some things that uh, said, oh, I want to meet that person. And so... Here she is, Christine. Thanks for coming to the show.
2: <laughs> I'm really excited to be here. Thank you.
0: Yes. So um, let's just drive in, dive in, shall we? You know, I downloaded your book today, the uh, the uh, 25 ways of attracting customers and clients, and um, and there were some really really interesting gems in there. But before we get into that, you mentioned some two actions that uh, help you predict revenue over the next 90 days and that that seems pretty interesting to me what are those two actions and how can someone uh, starting out or who who's taking their business to the next level how can they adapt those uh, ways
2: it really is so much simpler than you are making it and that may <laughs> be your first 10 dollars or it might be the million dollar dream you have it doesn't really matter but it's the same at both ends of that scale two things just two kickstart the engine of your business. The first is to recognize that your business is actually built on strangers, which means you need to go make friends with strangers and get in front of more people, more ways, more often, Mm -hmm. because without a constant new audience to get in front of, and then identify a buyer within it, truthfully, You are the best kept secret. So that's the first piece is you have to be tracking how many people are you meeting? How many people are you getting in front of? And it doesn't mean that you have to have a thousand coffee dates with everybody because not everybody's a buyer. Oh, we got a friend with us. How fun.
0: He's not supposed to be down here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's come to be a guest star. He's going to join the conversation. But that's the first piece of the puzzle. You know, that's that's it. The second thing that's really, really important is to recognize that you have a business, which means nothing moves unless you make an offer. And I think a lot of people who come into the, especially online space or are selling a knowledge-based product or service, think that all I have to do is post social media. Hey, I've got cool stuff. Come buy it. And that's an offer. And let me tell you, it's not. It's an offer is a really explicit exchange that says, would you like me to make an offer? What do you value? Why would you choose me? And then you make an invitation to exchange money. And those two things, how many offers you're making, how many your people you're ma- meeting, I want you to be tracking because on average, it takes about 90 days when you're really good at this to move somebody from curiosity to pay client. And if you're not doing anything now and you haven't done anything in the last 30 days, chances are you're going to have a bit of a vacuum in the next couple of months. Let's kickstart that and get you focused on those two things.
0: Right. And going to events and virtual events like JV Connect and uh, Michael Whitehouse's events are always uh, appealing to me because they're, they really are networking. Uh, but those are some great places to meet people. And uh, that's how we met you know, Is- just, just by going out there. And my offer was come beyond the show. Let's talk about business growth. So what are Absolutely. some of the,
2: and it was that simple. And yeah. here we are, like, I think people think it has to be expensive. It has to be really complicated. I said, no, go talk to somebody. Yeah. Start.
0: Yeah, exactly. So what are th- three characteristics that make a buyer different from the general audience? And There are some signals, I think, or there's some some characteristics or something like that that you're going to help us tie into that, to understand that.
2: Absolutely. You know, the first important thing to recognize is not everybody is a buyer for your business. And it's a shockingly small number that is, and that's okay. And that's how you will make a successful business. But on average, only 3% of the general audience are buyers at any given day. And buyers have three unique things, That you need to be able to identify, recognize, and prioritize your time accordingly. The first thing is that a buyer already is problem aware. There's a gap in something they're experiencing or something they desire from where they are to where they want to go. And they already recognize the gap exists. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why businesses get stuck. Because you get into convincing mode and trying to tell people they have a problem and they're not a buyer. currently. you get caught in the slow lane, and it can actually bankrupt your company if you stay there too long. So the first piece is talk to people who are already problem aware. It's a small group, go find them and listen for the language. Because that language and being able to connect to it in the signposts that says, let me now move you to the second piece, which is that they are seeking support. Because truthfully, they already know they've tried everything else. And what that might look like is everything free. So they may have downloaded a resource, they may have gone to Google, they may have gone to friends and family, and they have tried different strategies already, and are still experiencing a gap. And that means that they're open. They are fundamentally maybe not loving it, but they are open to recognizing I might need some support to get to where I want to go. Because what I've tried today Didn't get me there consistently. And I don't like that reality. So they're seekers. That's a second piece. Because if they're not open to having you support them, they're also not a buyer. The third piece of the the piece that you're looking for is that once they are aware, is that they are going to be in a position to prioritize, I'm going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. They already have a commitment and acknowledgement that this is a non-negotiable staying where I am is no longer desirable and chances are they've drawn that line in the sand more than once but there is a real commitment as a business it is so exhausting to try to tell somebody they have a problem that they don't know they have to try to convince them you're selling and not serving or to simply you know constantly be saying to people I've got what you want and they said but I'm never going to spend money. I don't prioritize it because you will not get the results. And that's really what your business will be built around. The right people finding you, getting the results, and you making the offers. This is how the engine fires. And I think these three things are what you want to be looking out for. Because when you're meeting people, you might meet like at a joint venture event, like you and I met at JB Connect or at another summit like Michael, he puts on, or other places, and you might have 30 people in the room. You don't want to have coffees with 30 people. I don't know how many hours you've got, but I don't have the capacity for that. But I want to know who are the buyers, who are committed, who are seekers. And I may have three conversations that are really engaged. And I'm working on a focused plan to move them from curious to paid client or to collaborative partner. And I'm adding value at every step of that piece of the puzzle. So I want you to be asking yourself, are the people you're meeting now, do they have those three characteristics? And if not, I hope the light bulb just went on.
0: And how do you know? So how do you know? How do you uncover that? Because they don't have a label on their forehead and said, I'm problem aware. (laughs) The key (laughs) thing is language. It's actually
2: language. And it's important that you are not doing anything beyond observing here. Here's my, here's my gripe about the world of marketing, and I think this has really been unfair to the small business owner. A lot of people say, you'll know they're a buyer if you describe the problem to them. And that's really bad advice. Because when you're describing a problem to a potential audience member who we don't know is or is not a buyer, one of two things are happening. I don't see myself in the story, in which case I'm not your buyer. And you're entertaining me, but that doesn't really add a lot of value. Or I do see myself in your story, but I feel shamed, judged, criticized, and none of that makes me want to move forward. So Mm. when you ask a simple question, what is it that I'm looking for? Your number one skill you have to develop is how do you build curiosity? Because curiosity is an indicator of movement. Curiosity indicates that they're action takers, they're seekers. And the more detailed questions they ask you, you're starting to say they're problem aware and it's leading somewhere. When you're leading them with curiosity, what's really important is that you simply also recognize you have to tell them, show them, and build credibility that you're the must hire. Because so many people say, you know, I'm a great copywriter. You need copywriting. Copywriting is an amazing thing. I'll help you with your messaging. But many, many, many times I've seen business owners do this and never once say, and here's why I am the right copywriter for you. You must lead them to that connecting the dots. And you do that right before you make the offer. Don't make the offer first.
0: <laughs> My cat's all over me. <laughs> he's <heavy laughs> a really lovely
2: <cat>. conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a heavy cat. My gosh. <laughs> We have we have uh two kittens and okay. he's been he's been diving into the kitten food so he's probably gained a couple of pounds and you know a couple of pounds on a small animal is a lot you know <laughs> he's heavy i relate that <laughs> oh yeah so um what's working right now to attract clients i mean we talked about the language but what is there something i can cast out there is there something i need to do to bring them in i know we have lead magnets we have uh podcasts is what we're doing you know getting visibility so we're talking about we're talking about the problems and the stories that that clients potentially have so what's working today that uh, can bring them into uh, your fold or is that just the wrong approach altogether?
2: You know, to me, I think the bigger question is not what's the problem, because, again, that's when you're getting caught in describing. Describing doesn't create movement. And my advice to anybody is really just focus on the movement because it is what will build momentum in your business. If you focus on getting in front of people and making more offers, that's naturally going to need two more yeses if you have the right people in the room. So what I often tell people is what is the result they want? And I will tell you, sometimes they can't articulate it Mm -hmm. and they can't articulate it because they're in the place of darkness and you're the place of enlightenment. And that's where languaging is often a real problem because your goal is to speak in terms that interest them, that they recognize, and that piques curiosity. So the first thing I would say to know is not to describe it, but to think about what's the result they want. And here's my hint to every business owner out there. It is so much smaller in terms of their result than you are crediting them with because you're trying to sell them a transformation and or in the case of business, you know, this million-dollar dream, I said, not even 2% want that. Stop selling the million dollars. It's not that it wouldn't, you know, if it happened to me, great, but it's, I'm not, I didn't get out of bed to build that today. You need to slow it down. The result they want is smaller, and they want to know that when they get it, it's not a fluke. They've got the systems, support, mindset, and community to say, I can create this. Because when somebody does actually get to the place in your business where they say, Tate, can you make me an offer? What they're saying is that I borrow your trust that you know where you're going to get the result. And most importantly, I trust you to guide me to get it repeatedly for myself. Otherwise, you don't have the result for both sides. And we're looking always to add more value. So I think the biggest question to ask is, what do they want and what gets them moving? And when they get wobbly, like a toddler learning to walk, how do you have supports, structures, and safe steps for them to follow? And if they have a wobble and fall off or retreat, that they can be invited back in at any point with no shame, No judgment and purely a place that says, when you're ready, I'm here. And you as the business owner have to have absolute faith. You will be here. Otherwise, they'll just look for the person who does have confidence that they will be there.
0: Right. Hmm. I have to move my cat. He's right (laughs) in front of my keyboard. (laughs) And he is relentless, just like a child. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) So what are those three, uh, three negotiables? Did we, I, I'm I'm a little. um, What are the three negotiables?
2: The three non-negotiables. First off is yeah. Every business under the planet needs to have three things. There's actually five, but without the first three, you never get to four and five. Uh The first is you have to know who's your buyer. And I will tell you that your current client might not be your next buyer. And you've got to really think about who is your next buyer and you, nobody spends enough time here. And all you're doing is playing in the shallow end and your client is lost in the deep end. So first off is who is your buyer? That 3% you're looking for that are willing, seeking, open to him again. Getting support and are committed. That's the first piece of the puzzle. Non-negotiable. Without that, you don't have a business. Second thing is in your messaging, you need to understand the marketing is essential. A lot of people think like, can I just skip marketing? And you and I would both go, no, 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 (laughs) you cannot (laughs) skip marketing. But understand that marketing is a strategy. I don't care what tactic you want. And that free resource that you mentioned has 25 strategies. All of them will work. All of them work for people I know. Many of them have worked for me over the course of different businesses I built. What matters is that we have a cohesive plan to move somebody from curious to offer. And the goal with this is that it's a lot of small steps. You know, Google has a term, they call it the zero moment of truth. In the digital landscape that we do business in today, Your next buyer is going to search seven to 12 things that you don't even know they're looking at before they even get close enough for you to see them, which means you haven't made an offer yet. So you've got to be intentional about what's the message. How do I keep them moving? How do I keep stirring that curiosity? And more importantly, how do I tell them not just that they need the thing, the result but that I'm the one who can help them get the result. And that last piece is missed, but that's the second piece. Pick your strategy, pick one lane and get really good at it. Because this is about the compound effect, because if clients that are going to sign with you today have been researching you for years, start now is the best advice I can give you. The third piece of the puzzle is that you need to recognize that value is the only reason money moves hands. So what, result do you stand for? Who are you and why are you the must hire? Because that is the leadership piece you need to confidently make the offer. Your buyer's scared in the dark and they're looking to you to own the leadership that said, would you like me to make an offer? It sounds like there's a gap. Do you think I can help you bridge it? And I think it's so important to recognize that without those three things, You don't start firing up the engine of your next client coming consistently into your business. And then for all of you who are going, but she told me there were five, the the last two, you have to be able to influence yourself, others, team, and potential new buyers. And this is a business, so you have to have a bottom line. You have to know what your numbers are and what Mm -hmm. you measure matters. But those last two pieces... Never become hugely valuable if you don't know who the buyer is, what you're going to say to get them moving and that you know what you stand for because they're only going to pay for a result. Nobody pays you because you're cute. You've got a jingle. You've got a great logo or a website. That's window dressing and not required. But if you know you have that real laser clarity, somebody is seeking you right now. Help them find you.
0: Yeah, I like I like the idea of language. Uh, Christian Mickelson, Mickelson, uh, he says the the language of clients is results and a mm-hmm. story, and it's so simple. Yet so simple. we we struggle with it. We, we do, with
2: it. and we struggle to see our own value. And this is this is the truth about you know even in the business peers, it's like what you think you stand for isn't probably as clear in the marketplace as you think it could be or it certainly needs to be. And I know that because if I asked my mother what she thinks I did, she would tell you that I'm in marketing. (laughs) And there's truth that I help people with marketing elements. But my goal is you getting clients, which is a result of finance, relationships, profit, sales. And yes, marketing happens to kickstart it. But it's if my mother's not sure, and she's known me my whole life, chances are I could still boost my clarity, and so could probably you.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, well, I'm sure we could. Now <laughs> you said this. You said when we did our pre-call a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned, um, and you mentioned it again today. Your current client is not necessarily your next client. Can you can <laughs> we unpack that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. I went, I'm going to have to ask her about that because I didn't quite get it, but yeah, I, I kind of do. I mean, so, I, I think about my clients today and I'm going, I, you know, maybe, maybe they need a little bit more of a push because they're not always action takers.
2: That's right. And so your current clients are people that have already said yes, right? So let's just start with that. Yeah. Your next client hasn't said yes yet. You have probably have maybe not met them and two, you probably haven't made an offer. So they're not in the same space. They might be in the same continuum, but they're not in the same t- Place in the timeline and one of the biggest things I notice especially people that come in from a knowledge-based business so you and I are in the mentorship business Mm -hmm. and what that means is we are surrounded by people who already get mentorship but if we're only in rooms where people already get it they're not likely our next buyer because we are already in the place of enlightenment and that's where I can see businesses get caught in the wrong rooms and I said Uh Are you talking to people who've already bought services, not from you? Stop trying to sell them your services. You're not in the right place. But your next buyer is still unsure if they need mentorship. They're curious about mentorship, but they're uncertain about what the results are and how do you choose one. So how you talk to them versus somebody who's already spent 10 years in personal development is totally different. And I say to clients, Are you in the room where people are curious, are seeking, and already know they will likely need support to get there? Because that's your next buyer space. And what's important when you do start to really see that they're in the continuum, but at a different part in the timeline, your language changes, your speed changes, the wins they're looking for are small. They're not trying to sell a unicorn. And all of us in the world of enlightenment go, yeah, but I I like unicorns. And that's really why we're here. But your buyer, it's dangerous to assume that the person who said yes to you most recently will be a mirror or that you could duplicate them for your next buyer. Be wary of that because so often what I notice and I observe, and a lot of my clients come to me in this space, how can you tell if you're in the wrong timeline? is simple. Are you viewed as the likable expert or are you viewed as the must hire expert? Because when you're around peers who've already drunk the Kool-Aid, you get a lot of fans, you get a lot of support and nobody is asking for an offer because they're not your buyer. Being in a room where you are seeking and you're positioning yourself as a must hire, because your clarity is what will pull somebody forward, leads to more offers being made, which means you're going to find more clients. And the key thing to remember, and I said it before, but buyers, problem aware, actively seeking, highly committed, which also means what? They have a budget. Stop Mm -hmm. being in rooms where people can't afford you. Those aren't your buyers. Because truthfully, there's a story of the water, right? The analogy of water, it's been all over social media, but water is the most necessary resource on the earth. It's 80% of the planet. We are 80% water. And yet water is both free and people will pay millions of dollars for it and everywhere in between. Because the person who pays for free and pays for anything other than free is not the same buyer. Who is your buyer? And are you in the right rooms where they are at? I think the good chance is if you're not sure, you might be a likable expert.
0: Huh, Interesting. So the next question is then, how do you find the right rooms to be in?
2: The key thing is to observe that you've got to know what they're seeking. And go into rooms that are that are actively seeking. Because truthfully, it doesn't matter if you choose social media as a strategy or not.
1: Right. It
2: doesn't matter whether you choose to speak or not in public settings. I mean, public speaking as a strategy. Your clients will literally be everywhere. The key thing is, yeah. what are you listening for? And the thing that I like to think of is, what's the conversation your next buyer's having when the filters are off? And where are they having it? They might be having it in Starbucks. They might be having it in the grocery store lineup. They might be having it at the soccer pitch. They are literally everywhere. But what you're listening to is patterns, language. And I often use this analogy as well, because I really like it. it helps with simplicity. Your buyers are typically in three lanes of traffic. The slow lane is someday this will be a priority for me, but not right now. Yeah. So they're aware and they like your stuff, but they you you can't get them to make an offer. You can't make an offer. It never gets accepted. You can get caught there. But that's not a buyer of today. It's a buyer of tomorrow. Be careful that you don't overinvest your time here. The yeah. middle lane is someone who you know you have a pattern. You see the pattern all the time. And you, if you can engage yourself to disrupt the pattern in the strategy you want to use, all you have to do in the disruption is not sell. It's saying there's a pattern. Do you know that the way you experience the pattern is not the only option? Because they're like, what do you mean? It's Like I'm always having the same thing happen. And you're like, that's not the only option. And you slow it down just to even ask that simple question. They're like, prove it to me. Or you're crazy. Or in the right moment, they might say, tell me more. Because I can't get out of this myself. But that's that's where your bread and butter business is built. It's in the middle lane. Your ability to recognize the pattern, to see it, to have the courage and leadership to go in and disrupt it and start planting the seeds for them to follow. How do I have a different result? Fast lane, and just to wrap that up, is the person who's a unicorn. And unicorns are awesome. And they can happen a lot in your business when you have a really dialed in plan and you really focus on the simplicity of it. And you know who you are, you know who the buyer is. And that's your buyer in the unicorn fast lane already knows who you are. They've already said you're a candidate for consideration. And I've likely already received an offer from you. And what I'm waiting for is for you to recognize I'm in the loop and say, we're back here again. Are you ready for another offer? And they'll say yes and move very quickly. When you're out networking, I want you to be just thinking about these three lanes, and use them to assess who did you meet today. Because this is a muscle that you have to develop. Yeah, and you don't have to, you know, rush the gate, but you need to observe it. Because your job at, to be a successful business owner, whether you want to I said to make ten dollars or a hundred million, is to see who you want to serve when they're in a spin cycle. And to master the ability to disrupt it by focusing on curiosity and to have a plan that positions you as a result-driven, safe choice, and you lead the offer. When the moment is right and the spin is happening, and then have the patience to know that it doesn't matter whether they say yes or no in that moment, what's really important is that you help guide them. Is truthfully, right. they might not say yes. And they might not say yes the first time. But that doesn't mean they're not your next buyer.
0: Right. And so you've got to, you've got to, uh, patience is the word. You've got to be patient and not sell, 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 and be more aware. Um, you mentioned networking. And one of the twenty-five ways in in your ebook that uh, I think you're going to offer as a freebie up mm-hmm. here in a little while, um, one of those ways is to is to attend and to to speak at and and go to other people's events. So mm-hmm. can, let's unpack that a little bit and some strategies about how to get into those events and how to be how to be seen as as the um, the go-to hire.
2: Yeah, the first thing is you need to have a reason you're going. And so I would say, you know, before you show up to an event on Tuesday at three o'clock, you got to think, what's my goal of going to the event? Why did I choose this event? And what is the result I want out of the event? Because you are setting a strategy and you're teaching always the marketplace, how to do business with you. And so you should explore. The first thing you can do is ask your network, what rooms are you in? Why do you like them? Who are they looking to see would add value? It's one of my favorite questions to ask people when I'm out all the time. What rooms are you in that I don't know about yet? And what are they looking for in that audience? Because maybe I can connect and add value, which could be my services, but more than likely it's my network that I can bring to the table, which is one of those first steps of the relationship building. Second piece to that is when you have a moment to speak, whether it's a 30 second or a two minute pitch. Remember that networking is not to be a hit and run experience. Like it's never effective. So think about who's in this room and how can I add value to them? The most important thing you're doing in your time is sparking curiosity. You're gonna note the theme here, but you're sparking curiosity by adding value, knowing who do you want to reach to you and say, I'd like some of your time. Personally, I don't often drop my full access calendar in a networking room. I don't know. Because I'm wanting to choose. What lane were they in? Why do they want to meet with me? What can I do to spark curiosity? And I'm trialing that messaging all of the time. And then what's really important, you've got a plan, you go and with the mindset of curiosity and how do I spark curiosity and how do I add value to this room, I want you to also make sure that you understand a lot of work comes after the event. It's the follow-up. It's the, I really saw something in what you said. I'd like to have a further conversation. Or I crossed something, my desk this week that was so relevant to what you said, I wanted to share it. But you have to have planned time in your calendar post a networking event. Otherwise, don't go. You're wasting your time. And that's true of any event. You know, the the follow-up is where the relationship builds. And you have to choose to focus on the long-term. And while you don't control the speed we talked about, you have to have patience. You do control the inputs you are focusing on. So... Pick a few really simple strategies. Networking and speaking are great things for my business, personally, because I am really clear. You did not get out of bed today to hire me. So me leading with, hi, come hire me, is a hit and run (laughs) experience. But there might be things that I could do and add value that you thought, I never thought I might need a mentor. Actually, what you said, I can see value in. I don't know how to apply it to my business. That might lead to another conversation. And if we're having conversations like, like that, I know you're in the middle lane, maybe even in the fast lane. But this is how to go and be effective with your time. Because one of the most important things I think is especially for you, you know, you know and I know you you have this business you're building on on top of a life and other family commitments. It's yeah. you have to be effective in the time you have which means you have to have strategy, you have to have follow-up, you have to keep it simple. I built my first business one hour a day on top of a very big corporate career. It's not to say that I was building a $10 million business one hour a day. That wasn't my goal, but I was very clear what to focus on, was very clear with my systems that were simple, and I made sure I focused on the two things that created revenue. And as a result of it, that's how people kept starting to see value when I was in the room, And eventually led to people saying, I think I might need to hire you. I'm like, why is that? What did you hear that you needed to hear? And it just led to another conversation. And if I thought I could help, I made some offers. And it introduced me to new clients. So with networking, have a strategy. Remember your goal is curiosity. And make sure you have a plan to build the relationship. Because people will not open up their concerns their fears their gaps on a first date
0: right and they have their bs meter up they really yes. can they can just i mean how many times how many times a day do you get an unsolicited message on linkedin or on facebook and uh, you accept this request, requesting oh you look at them and say yeah this might be a good connection uh and then they they pitch right away and and it's And some of them won't stop when you say, no, thanks. No, thank you.
2: Because you're in an automated system and they're not actually seeing your responses come back, which is honestly just a waste of time.
0: Yeah.
2: And it damages your reputation. And you got to remember, especially for solopreneurs and emerging business owners, your most valued resource is who are you and what do you stand for? Yeah. So get clear on that. And clarity doesn't come from a one-time conversation or a one-time exploration. It comes through conversation. It comes through lived experience. And it comes when you recognize that you're going to keep evolving. And that means your buyer keeps evolving. Your targeting keeps evolving. And when you get the right dream clients coming in, you want to ask them, how did you find me? What right. is it that I said that really struck a chord? And why sh- Why do you think we should work together? And those are all questions to ask before, you know, you make the offer so that you're really clear when you make one, it's a good one for both sides. And that will really honestly help your business bring referrals and get you invited into new spaces because other people say she's not going to pitch slap you the moment she says her name.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, and, I, and I like how you flip it around. Why do you think you should hire me? I mean, that's great. That's. Uh...
2: I'm always, I ask, I ask my clients this all the time and not just before I make the offer, but throughout the time we're working together, I'm like, what's really valuable for you right now? Because truthfully, it's never what I think it's going to be Yeah. because often for them, it's so much smaller. You know, it's, I could, I, I, I had something rattle me in my business. Like this is a perfect example. I have a client who's going through a major event that she's hosting and I'm speaking on it. And right in the middle of all of this, getting ready to host an event, she's decided to break up with a client because oh. all of the stress is like, I am not serving this client. Well, we are not in the right place. And I don't think I can deliver what she wants. And I don't want to most importantly, so, but she can reach out to me. and She's like, I just need somebody to walk this through. Like She didn't hire me for that reason, but she's like, that's the most valuable thing we've done this month. Yeah, Because I was in a rattled moment and I had somebody to guide me. And I've solved it and I've gone back to focusing on other things now, which create revenue long-term. I said, you'll replace that revenue in the event if we do the event well. We've already got a good plan for it. But if you're so distracted over here with this crisis and you're not solving it, it will bleed unfortunately. And that's important. So take that lesson from somebody who has created and worked with a lot of people to create a lot of money. Ask, what do you value about me these days? How can I do more of that
0: for you? Yeah, I love that. And you know, sometimes we, we simply need to hold space for our clients Mm -hmm. uh, just because you don't know what they're going through today. And uh, one of my clients has COVID and and she, she asked me, uh, she texted me and said that she couldn't come to our, our scheduled meeting and, uh, said, what do you do? I'm pain. I have pain in my gums and everywhere and I'm exhausted. And, and I said, what do you do? And so I told her what I do, you know? (laughs) And, uh, and that was it. And she thanked me and, and she's, she's on the men and, and, uh, she's feeling better and, and she thanked me
1: yeah well, the i
0: i
2: think one of the biggest things you, you know to be successful especially now 2024 is to be human and i'll say i, also, I it, that's it's not hyperbole it's not an oxymoron it's just truth in yeah. the world of so much ai in the world of so much automation in the world where there's so much hit and run exchanges happening in the business world because of systems what people really want to know is do you see me? And I've always, when I've led teams and led my own clients and led myself, it's always, you know, my cardinal rule is everybody has the right to fall apart. Life is challenging. That's what makes this a shared experience. My only commitment is tell me what your your signal is that it's me today so that you don't have to publicly acknowledge it. (laughs) And then we all know we lean in to support you. So, you know, it's like, if it's three o'clock, in the morning and I'm eating chocolate guys, like something's gone wrong today in a really <laughs> horrendous way. And I'm comforting myself with some chocolate. And the team knows that, that was a thing. And you know, we, we all had to find those ways to have conversation, but being human truthfully cannot be understated how important it is. Hold space, listen, care, and realize what they're looking for the result to you seems maybe small because they said you've had a longer path of enlightenment based on where they are and the chapters you've already written that they haven't explored yet. But what they see is a really big win and you need to celebrate that and help them achieve it. That's what I think great, great leaders do.
0: I couldn't agree more. Now, was it dark chocolate or milk chocolate?
2: I am, depends. The only thing it will never be is white. Yeah. <laughs> I have an entire cr- vegetable crisper of chocolate.
0: <laughs> do you really?
2: I do. But you i like, the other ones actually used for vegetables, but the, I have I have cho- chocolate. You have vegetables
0: I have too? It. Good. Yeah, yes. I, I like <laughs> I like dark. We like dark chocolate uh yeah. more than it's milk a mix.
2: Chocolate. Yeah, I I have a lot of I have a lot of character and different I probably there's a whole love language, I'm sure, about the different kinds of chocolates and the different ways to enjoy it, but the one thing it is not is white, because real this I'm going be controversial. White chocolate is not chocolate
0: right it needs to be, needs to be.
2: <laughs> now you know okay. something weird about me but there you go <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i like i like chocolate i love chocolate so yeah we're getting close uh a little bit more if you have some time uh the other thing that you said in the book and i love this one uh that i thought we we uh, we might unpack there there are lots of different ways a lot of different strategies of, get, of of getting out there and and uh and engaging with, with your audience. Uh, The one that I love the most is creating your own media platform. Mm -hmm. So what are your favorite ways? And I think this, this is one of them.
2: For sure. The most important thing that I recognized in my journey in is that I wanted to create conversations that I didn't think were getting airtime. So yes, having some kind of media platform. Because what I was seeing in the business world is that the lot of the industry that I observed, because I never set out to coach, this was not a destination I set out for. I've led teams, I've been formal managers in my career. But I didn't wake up one day and say, like, I want to be a business mentor. Like, I, that was not how it unfolded. I set out to be a great entrepreneur. And because I was that, people kept inviting me to go for coffee or to go for walks on the beach with a dog or what have you. And they kept saying, tell me what you seem to be have figured this out because I watch you working this one hour a day and it's, it's moving faster than me who's dedicating a full-time 70 hours to this. What's the deal? And I said, business is simple. But truthfully, what I was observing was people were selling you on the complexity because complexity feels like we have to hustle and it's hard and it's gotta be this thing. And there was so much of that I thought culture out there it was really just disheartening. And so when we said that was created by the highlight reel of social media, where it was, we could build a business in a nanosecond. But so many people over the course of the last 10 years have come into my space somewhere because they have had their entire voice shut down, shut down because of industry shut down because of platforms shut down because of hackers. And I said, let's be clear, you are renting space. And if yeah. you sound like everybody else, And you look like everybody else and you don't know what you stand for. And you're not prepared to have an opinion, quit the field. So for me, when I was observing this, a very wise friend of mine said, what are you going to do about that? I said, well, I guess I have to go create the conversations. So for me, speaking is a fundamental piece of my business. It's something I enjoy doing because I think conversations and connections and humanity are just fun fun every day. It's fun to get out of bed and see what's helping. And when you're in the space I'm in for my business, it is such a gift to be invited in to help somebody build their business. And I never take that lightly. But building a media platform means you control the conversation. You have the ability to to evolve the conversation. And it's a fast way for people at that distance in that seven to 12 moments before they were even visible to you to experience you. What's important when you do this is that you just spend time with the strategy piece that says, what's my capacity to do this? Because you and you know, I both run on podcast platforms. I said, but you know, my podcast is three hours of my week not hundred hours of my week, it's three hours of my week. And I'm very intentional about the capacity conversation. So I like owning a media platform. I like it because you can curate the conversation. You have direct control over the evolution of it. And the third thing that's also really important is it gives people a destination to come find you when they're starting to be curious. And so you should own that piece of landscape.
0: Yeah, and let's dive into that a little bit more. Um, this podcast is hosted on a website that I own, and <laughs> I created uh, with the help of my friend Adam Homey, who put mm-hmm. this together for me. Uh, but it, whenever I post an episode to the website, it then goes out and pings all the major directories. So all, mm-hmm. the, all the major podcast platforms have my podcast on it, uh, so I can be found everywhere but I control it. If, if, if Spotify merges with Apple or whatever happens, happens, uh, Google Podcast is just shutting down and they're, and they're moving Mm -hmm. over to YouTube music. Um, that doesn't really affect me. I still own it. I can change my show. I can change the format. I can, I, I dictate who I have on my show like you experts like you, uh, Mm -hmm. which is, this is a a great, uh, conversation that I'm, I'm glad that you came today. Uh, and so, yeah, you're right. And now I control it and it's my show. And if I want to change the, the way I introduce it or the, the commercials I have on it, are, or um, if I want to go and do a solo episode, I'm going to do it. And and no one's going to tell me that I can't do it. Um, and and it's I'm, a long tail. Like yeah.
2: everything you've created, even if it evolves, it's still a long tail.
0: Yeah. And
2: YouTube is a perfect example of that because Google, yes, used to be in the podcasting space, they're now moving over to YouTube. I knew that I've always created a lot of video content because I was comfortable speaking. And I've taught that for big corporates around the world. And I said, I have content, so I'm gonna start to put it there. Even though that's not a primary strategy today because capacity isn't It's just a choice I am making. The interesting thing is that AI has found my data two years ago and is showing my business in the search results, I didn't know that that would even be possible two years ago until a friend of mine from Dubai said, I got to tell you, I just have had so much trust with a brand new client because we were Googling building trust and rapport and growing a business. And your name came up and I said, I can introduce you to her. I'm like, how funny is that? I have a hundred subscribers on that channel. It is not my primary platform by a long margin, but it's the tail. It's the long tail that adds that. And here's a tip with that. I love that you have your podcast and you own this under your name. You can debate company name versus brand name, all you like. Everyone's going to have an opinion about that. But the important thing is when somebody says, who are you and how do I find you? I want you to say one thing. I don't want you to say seven and that's where people get lost because you're renting space. When people say we can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Instagram, you can find me on LinkedIn, you can find me on YouTube and I'm not finding you at all. It sounds like work. And instead I say, come find me, christinecampbellrappin.com. Come choose how you want to connect to me. Start here.
0: Yeah.
2: It's so much simpler. And that means people more likely will take the action you invite, but controlling this is important. And it doesn't have to be everybody's lane because you can do a lot of this work yourself. You can outsource a lot of this work. I'm just saying choose how you want to show up because showing yeah. up isn't optional. Why? Because you've got to meet more people in more ways more often. You want to have a business that thrives.
0: Wow. I guess we just put a pin in it, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so thank you again so much. As we wrap up with your final words for uh, for our wonderful audience and our listeners today, what are three things that our listeners can do today to put these fabulous ideas into action?
2: Well, the first thing today and forevermore, I want you to be starting to track your activity. Yeah. How many people are you meeting and how many offers you're making in the last 30 days? Track it every month. That's number one. Number two, I want you to find simplicity, which is spend 20 minutes and say, for the last client who said yes to me, where did I meet them? What was I doing? And do more of that. Very simple, 80-20 principle. Go do more of what's working. The third thing is recognize you're going to have to skill up. So go connect and come join my network. Got a lot of great people we can introduce you to. Between Paul and I both, but you're going to skill up. So be around people who are changing the conversation, and find somebody whose chapter's ahead of you to help you on your way. None of us hatched as successful business owners from day one. There's a lot of evolution, but who you surround yourself with matters. So I'm going to say, come connect to people you admire for the way they do business and the way they run their life, because we do not need to sacrifice and only be great at business and have no family life or to work 24 right. seven, and never take time off. I don't want that. Chances are you don't either. So those are three actionable things I would do right now in the next 20 minutes.
0: Yes. And, and another, just a layer on top of all that wise sage advice is to take action like you said in 20 minutes but take action every day. And if mm-hmm. it's only an hour a day, an hour can be powerful. A powerful yeah. hour focusing on this with your plan and then move on. Take care of your family. Take care of the, the your responsibilities, your life that you, you know, uh your god. Mm-hmm. You know, do the things for your community. Do those things, get out there and and do good in the world cuz business is in itself is there's a, there's a result that you want. It's not just mm-hmm. doing the thing that you're doing. It's, yeah. it's transforming people. It's helping people, uh, and, and making a difference in the world. So, uh, take action.
2: It's so, so true. The compound effect is everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's it's a, there's a, a book that is called the slight edge.
2: Love it. My that, uh,
0: that they talk about these lilies, the lily pads under the, underneath the surface of the water, in this pond that you drive by every day on the way to work or on the way into town and you notice there's there's nothing on the surface of the water and then all of a sudden one day boom they're all there and that didn't happen overnight that happened one day at a time one little one little millimeter at a time so taking action so and remember uh we also have a, a free gift. It's twenty five ways to attract the audience of buyers. We covered two of those things. It's an ebook that you can get at uh christinecampbellrapin. That's r a p i n. dot com forward slash buyers. And you can watch the uh, you can watch this episode and get the uh, the show notes. And there will be a link to that and to her social media and ways that you can connect. You can go to Christine dot and connect however you like yes, and start the conversation Just come connect. <laughs> That's right. Okay. And remember faith and action go hand in hand. So keep the pedal to the metal until next time I'm Paul Guyon and Christine Campbell Rappin. Thank you so much again. Thank you.
1: Thank you for tuning into the lead machine growth show with Paul Guyon, where we show you how to tackle your tech, master your message and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show.